Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Now, our friend Elihu is about to conclude his observations. And uh, his observations have been multifaceted. They've dealt with the inaccuracy of Job's three friends in terms of their observations and their inability to bring Job to a place of correct understanding. And he's also had a lot to say about Job's misperceptions. And he has indeed said quite a bit about the Lord. Most of what he has said about God and God's attributes, I completely agree with. And so let's finish now Elihu's observations. Job chapter 37. At this, my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen, listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. He says to the snow, fall on the earth. And he says to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour. So that everyone he has made may know his work, he stops all people from their labor. The animals take cover. They remain in their dens. The tempest comes out from its chamber, the cold from the driving winds. The breath of God produces ice, and the broad waters become frozen. He loads the clouds with moisture. He scatters his lightning through them. At his direction, they swirl around over the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands them. He brings the clouds to punish people or to water his earth and show his love. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Do you know how God controls the clouds and makes his lightning flash? Do you know how the clouds hang poised, those wonders of him who has perfect knowledge? You who swelter in your clothes when the land lies hushed under the south wind, can you join him in spreading out the skies hard as a mirror of cast bronze? Tell us what we should say to him. We cannot draw up our case because of our darkness. Should he be told that I want to speak? Would anyone ask to be swallowed up? Now no one can look at the sun, bright as it is in the skies after the wind has swept them clean. Out of the north he comes in golden splendor. God comes in awesome majesty. The Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. In his justice and great righteousness he does not oppress. Therefore, people revere him. For does he not have regard for all of the wise at heart? And so Elihu picks certain attributes of uh, the created order 
to declare the, the glory of God. He says, listen, listen to the roar of his voice, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. And then he attributes the voice and the rumbling um, to the sounds of thunder and the attributes of thunder and lightning. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. And so this um, personifying the thunder and lightning to the attributes of God and the voice of God coming from his mouth, I think it's fascinating. It's beautifully poetic, but it also um, uh, intensely magnifies the greatness of God through using these devices. He goes on to say that from the downpour, the animals take cover in their dens, and um, all humans must stop from their labor so that they may know his works. In other words, as the scriptures say in another place, the heavens declare the glory of God. He's saying essentially that the Lord gives mankind pause by certain weather events so that they might consider the God who created these events. He goes on to say the breath of God produces ice and the broad waters become frozen. He loads the clouds with moisture and he scatters his lightning through them. He brings clouds to punish people or he brings his water to the earth to show his love. And of course, the water to the earth to show his love would be the uh, the rain upon crops to cause vegetation to grow and to cool the earth. Verse 14, listen to this, Job, and stop and consider God's wonders. So Elihu is is asking Job essentially to to really think about who this God is that Job is is questioning his actions and his motivations and has come to look at the Lord as the the one who is tormenting him as opposed to the one who can deliver him. And so verse 19 he says tell us what we should say to him talking about God. We cannot draw up our case because of our darkness. Should he be told, I want to speak? And of course, Job has repeatedly alluded to wanting to present his case before the Lord and to saying that he, he just wished he could get an audience with God so that he could speak his, his um, peace and explain what's going on with him. And Elihu said that because of God's majesty, should we really say we deserve to present our case? Uh, should we really be telling the Lord that we deserve to speak? And of course, the answer is no. Out of his grace, he condescends to allow us to present our case, and he allows us to speak to him. But truthfully, the majestic God who made us is under no obligation to do these things, to hear us or to let us um, speak and interact with him. He concludes with another look at the Lord's majestic nature. Verse 21, now no one can look at the sun, bright as it is in the skies, after the wind has swept them clean. Out of the north he comes in golden splendor. God comes in awesome majesty. The Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. In his justice and great righteousness he does not oppress. Therefore people revere him, for does he not have regard for all of the wise in heart? And so Elihu concludes with calling Job to wisdom, that he would um, uh, recognize the greatness of our Almighty God, El Shaddai, the greatness of his power, 
the greatness of his majestic nature, the fact that he um, controls all of the created order, and that mankind really is not in a position to put any demands on this God. And so, Lord, we recognize just um, at a glimpse from Elihu's remarks that you are indeed beyond our understanding. You are indeed the one who set the laws of nature in place. God, you transcend nature and you transcend all of our observations. Lord, we have a hard time grasping the fact that you love us and you want to relate to us and reconciling that thought or those thoughts with the concepts of your greatness and your majesty and your awesome attributes. Lord, thank you for drawing near to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for not only allowing us to speak to you, but for speaking to us and revealing a measure of yourself. We love you, Lord. We want to hear from you, and we want you to hear our voices, not in accusation, but in love and in interaction, as in children with their father. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.